Welcome to the Practical Research Parenting Podcast. Here's your host, Nicole Weeks. She went out in the rain to splash in puddles even before kids. Hello, sorry this podcast has been a long time coming. This episode is a little different to the previous ones because the suggestions are based on a single, experience-based, not evidence-based reference. I found them extremely valuable though, and I hope you will too. I'll be reviewing the Dream Baby Guide by Shane Rowley. I had a lot of success using the techniques outlined by the Dream Baby Guide. When Xander was six months old, using one week of preparation as detailed in the book, then implementing a new routine, Xander went from waking and feeding three times a night to sleeping through 7pm to 7am consistently. Um, The book is massive, repetitive, and I found it patronising in places, Um, but still it really helped me with Xander and not so much with Beth. But you win some, you lose some. So most of the advice fits with the research I've done so far, Um, And there's a lot of useful advice for forming a positive relationship with your child while teaching them important skills and boundaries. I'll attempt to summarise the key recommendations here. So the Dream Baby Guide approach is recommended for six-month-olds and older. So it recommends the following for repairing sleep disturbances. I've excluded a lot of nuance, specific case and flexibility detail for simplicity. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more in the book. That's part of the reason why it's such a huge book. So firstly, um, formulate a new bedtime routine with verbal cues for settling, resettling and waking, which I'll go into more detail soon, Um, but also implement the waking routine initially. So although you're creating a new bedtime routine, Uh, you'll be implementing just the waking routine for at least a week initially before you actually implement everything at once. Um, Number two is to help your baby to practice the skills needed for self-settling during the day. And again, I'll give you more detail on this. So number three is to keep a sleep diary for seven days before implementing the new routine. Um, And to do this, it would help to have a sleep diary and you can download one from the Child and Adolescent Sleep Clinic. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. And those show notes this time will be at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash DBG podcast. Number four is to determine whether your baby needs a specific a time-specific routine, and if so, which routine would work best. Um, With Sander, I did use a specific routine. With Beth, I didn't. I don't know if that's part of the reason it didn't work. I think it was probably a whole lot of things. Number five is to remove night feeds from 2 a.m. till 6.30 or 7 a.m. on the night before starting the new routine, uh, assuming that your baby is old enough and medically fit to do so. And number six is to maintain a strict routine with environmental aids for three weeks before introducing more flexibility. So let's go into more detail about what all that actually means. So basically the Dream Baby Guide is suggesting that you need to help your baby to build the skills your baby needs to fall asleep and stay asleep themselves. Um, And a lot of these you can practice during the day. In fact, I've created a quick reference list that you can sign up to get a copy of. It's called Three Skills to Teach During the Day for Better Sleep at Night. 
So I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Otherwise, you can go straight there at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash resources. And there you'll see all the subscriber-only resources and you can just click there to sign up. Some of the skills that your baby needs to learn are to understand and follow your directions so that when you say sleep, your baby sleeps. Shane Rowley's suggesting that parents should govern non-negotiable sequences. So these are things like nappy change, errands, bedtimes, things that have to happen at a certain time um, for things to run smoothly for the family. Um, So the Dream Baby Guide recommends using the same simple but specific language to prepare and guide babies from six months through these sequences. So these are as follows. Firstly, you preempt, so almost time to do the activity and then almost time to expectations. So for example, almost time to change your nappy, almost time to lie on your back. So you're stating the activity, then the expectation and using almost time to to preempt. And then forewarn. So last activity, time to change your nappy, for example. And then state the event. So it's time to change your nappy and state the expectation. So lie on your back, please. And then define using your actions. Um, So this, I guess, I feel is particularly for younger children between about six months and two years where they're not necessarily entirely sure of what you're saying when you're saying it. Um, So define using action, which is if your baby's trying to roll over, then you physically hold them kindly but firmly on their back until they stop struggling. So this communicates the meaning of lie on your back Um, and by following through, which is the next step, follow through, and repeating this as many times as you have to, you're basically communicating to your child what you mean when you say, lie on your back, please. And then completion. So this final step is basically to indicate the end of the process and your direction. So I I have initiated a nappy change. I've made the nappy change happen. And during the nappy change, I've enforced you lying on your back. But now I'm, I'm releasing the reins to you. You can go play, whatever. So indicating that um, you've ended. And Shane suggests using a specific weight game for this at the end of any of these parent-governed routines. Um, and we'll go into that in more detail as well soon. So Shane also emphasises the importance of using downwards inflections to make statements, not questions, and modelling respectful communication, which I completely agree with. So I've used this communication strategy consistently since Sander was six months old, and I've found that when I neglect to preempt and forewarn, I'm much more likely to have a fight on my hands, so I have found this extremely valuable. The second skill is to be able to wait. Um, So the Dream Baby Guide recommends the wait game, In essence, this is at the end of a parent-governed event, such as nappy change, that sort of thing, you say say and sign wait with a cheeky grin. Um, Wait a moment, which can be longer and longer as they get to know the game, then pick your baby up with a tickle, kiss and or spin or something you know they'll enjoy. Um, So patience can be practised during the day in many, many places, Um, for example, during cot playtime, high chair, and again, we'll get into cot playtime soon, high chair, pram, shopping trolley, car seat, that sort of thing. All of these things are opportunities to practice waiting. Another thing your baby needs to be able to do is to stay calm when they're alone. So the Dream Baby Guide solution to this is communication. 
So every time you leave your baby's sight, say something like, I'll be back. And when you come back, I'm back. Um, so, so simple words that basically communicate, I'm not going far and I will be back. Um, and to differentiate those from longer term absences. So this gets your baby used to the fact that you don't disappear without warning and that you always come back. And when you leave your baby for a more significant amount of time, say a proper goodbye. So for example, I say goodbye, I'll see you after your sleep, lunch, dinner, whatever it is that I'll see them after. Can you wave bye-bye to me? So by getting your child to do an action as part of that goodbye sequence, such as a wave, um, it's a way of requesting acknowledgement that I'm leaving um, so that I don't accidentally sneak out and also gives your baby a part in the routine. This communication helps to make your presence and absence predictable, which should help your baby to feel calm when you're gone. So the Dream Baby Guide recommends cot playtime after each sleep, or at least once a day, where you give baby toys and gradually transition from playing next to your baby to doing your own thing in, in your baby's room or leaving him alone to play. Some would argue that cot playtime is not a good idea because it builds an association between their cot and play rather than cot and sleep. I think this is a valid concern, so it's important that you make cot playtime and cot sleep time very distinct. For example, for cot playtime, you might open the curtains, sit baby up, provide toys that are only for cot playtime. So the end of cot playtime should signify the end of the parent-governed sleep time. Um, so Shane suggests getting your baby to help you pack away and then playing the weight game before you ba get baby up. So this is really helpful if you can get your baby to play in their cot um, because it also means that they're crying to tell you they're awake and you're coming in and saying good morning, um, but then you're not immediately getting them up. So them crying is not resulting in getting up immediately. This is really useful because it separates the crying and the getting out of their cot. So hopefully if they get into the cot playtime, you should be getting them up and out of their cot when they're not crying um, so that, that that crying isn't resulting in necessarily getting out of their cot. Another skill your baby needs is to be able to interpret ambiguous emotions such as tiredness and to calm down from negative emotions such as anger. Um, so I've written a lot about this before and you can check out, I'll include links in the show notes to my posts on interpreting emotions and coping with emotions. Some of the things that um, the Dream Baby Guide also recommends are modelling calm, confident emotions at sleep time, which I know can be easier said than done when, you're, when it can become a stressful time for everyone. Shane also provides specific advice for helping babies to cope with their emotions during the day. Um, so that in the Dream Baby Guide, you can see tables of causes and possible solutions for distress, frustration, impatience, bossiness and attention-seeking. Another thing is your baby needs to understand the bedtime routine and what's expected of them and what they can expect from you. So firstly, you can do this through role play. Um, so the Dream Baby Guide recommends role play to communicate expectations to babies six months and up. It suggests that you play with a special soft toy. You can increase attachment to this toy by including it in your day-to-day -day activities 
um, gently as if it were another child. So once your child shows an attachment to the toy, then you can role play the bedtime routine with the toy, toy while your baby watches, preferably in someone's arms. And if the toy is safe to sleep with, then the toy could become a cop time only toy as well. So I've detailed our experience with the role play and theory behind the role play in bedtime routine modeling, which is another one of my posts, which I'll link to in the show notes. And the Dream Baby Guide provides far more detail as well. I found, and I think this is a large part of why it worked with Xander and didn't with Beth, is that Xander really seemed to identify with this modeling thing. Um, He got really concerned when we were patting the rabbit in the cot um, and he got less and less concerned each time he saw it until when it was him in the cot rather than the rabbit, he was no longer concerned at all. Um, so I put that that modelling down to actually being a really important part of it for Xander. Uh, for Beth, she didn't really care about the modelling and it didn't really work for her. So I, I, I think that might have been a big part of the difference. So another thing that can help with understanding what's expected of them is having a waking routine that's very different from the resettling routine. So there's a couple of major advantages to this. Firstly, your baby understands immediately whether you expect them to go back to sleep or get up for the day. So if every time they cry from their cot, you pick them up and then that either is followed by trying to get them back to sleep or getting them up for the day, then it can be hard for them to know which is which at at the time you're picking them up. Another major advantage is that you can separate the association between crying from their cot and being picked up. So the Dream Baby Guide recommends that you delay entering with your waking routine until you're sure that your baby is fully awake and there's a lull in the crying if possible. So important elements of the waking routine are cot playtime, pack away and the wake game. Another big part of the Dream Baby Guide's recommendations are the routine. Um, So you've got the waking routine that I just mentioned um, and there's also the settling and resettling routines. Important aspects of the settling routine are that there's about 10 to 20 minutes of positive in arms time This way, when your verbal cues and routine associations communicate to your baby that he'll soon be lying in his cot, you can prepare him for this in the comfort of your arms. So if your baby doesn't want to go to sleep, um, well, at least he's getting hugs and comforted in your arms in the process leading up to that. And at the end of the settling routine, there's at least there's about a minute of settling cues or song, whatever works for you and your baby while your child is lying down in their cot. So this section then also becomes the resettling routine. So it's part of the settling routine at the start of the night, but then you repeat just that one-minute section each time they cry throughout the night to try to resettle them. And the third important aspect is that you're honest with your child about leaving the room. So you do so confidently and you don't sneak out and you basically let them know that you're leaving. So when to do the resettling routine? The Dream Baby Guide recommends responding based on the type of cry. So emotion-based cries should be responded to. Um, And I've done some research on that and I'll link to it in the show notes. So emotion-based cries should be responded to, whereas communication cries should not be. So emotion-based cries include distressed, upset and angry cries. 
distressed cries often are a prolonged cry. Then there's a silent period, then they repeat. Um, sometimes you hear this sort of cry when you leave the room. And if you leave it a little while, you'll find out whether that's going to ramp up or, or peter out. Angry cries are often deep and raspy. Um, they sound like a furious yell and are often accom- accompanied by coughs. So that's, that's all from the Dream Baby Guide. So whereas communication cries stop or escalate as soon as you respond and often include pauses where baby listens out for you. So these include call-out cries that are trying to get you to respond and settling cries or vocalisations when your baby is falling asleep. So often when there's pauses in the cry um, and they're not gasping for breath pauses, um, that indicates that it might be a call-out cry or a settling cry. And it's worth listening for a while to see if it's going to ramp up or ramp down. So the Dream Baby Guide recommends a detailed schedule around how long you leave it before responding to cries. Um, And with Xander, I didn't really need that schedule much because he didn't cry much at all. Um, With Beth, I did and I found it really hard to stick to. So the important points um, from the Dream Baby Guide are that you leave enough time, usually around three to ten minutes, to be sure that you understand the cry and to check whether your baby is able to calm down without help. So pauses can mean that it's a communication cry or your baby's beginning to fall asleep. Um, Cries with frequent pauses should therefore be left for longer if you have to respond at all. And when you need to, you respond with your resettling cues. This is something that I couldn't manage with Beth. Uh, I tried for a while, but um, the resettling cues just were not calming her down at all and I felt that I needed to, needed to pick her up. So with Beth, I ended up using an approach um, when she cried out that was actually more similar to the sensible sleep solution. And if you didn't hear my previous podcasts on that, I'll, I'll include a link. So with Xander, I implemented all these things. I think I did sometimes have to wait the three minutes, but usually by three minutes he was asleep or falling asleep or it had really um, quietened down. So with Xander, I didn't feel like I had a tough decision to make, but with Beth, she really did seem distressed. So I found um, the sensible sleep solution approach worked better for this aspect of it. So the Dream Baby Guide also um, suggests making the environment optimal for your baby to fall asleep, so including temporary environmental measures just while they're learning. So these include removing all light, sound and movement from the room, making an optimal temperature and including a firm wrap and a tuck-in. The Dream Baby Guides goes into great detail on all of these points and I found her advice on using rolled towels between the mattress and the cot to secure a tight cheek tuck-in particularly valuable. Um, that really helped and I hadn't heard of that elsewhere. There are some other gems in the book as well. Um, Shane provides a lot more than the tips above and if you have a trouble time during the day or any dip difficulty implementing the ideas above, Shane probably addresses it specifically in her book. I found the following to be particularly valuable. So a baby who falls asleep at 7pm is likely to wake at 10 to 11pm, 2am and 4 to 5am if they don't know how to self-settle. 
This is what made me realise that Xander didn't necessarily need his three night feeds because they were at the exact times he was waking up. Shane also provides detailed minute-by-minute schedules to take into account your baby's age and personal sleep requirements, and I found that really helped with Xander. And based on the time of the night wakings, Shane suggests likely causes. Um, So this is based on her experience, not scientific study, but I also found it a very useful and usually accurate diagnostic tool. Um, So if you buy the book via any of the the links on the page or really if you just have the book, um, just email me um, and let me know you have it with your receipt preferably and I'll send you a quick reference chart with the times and causes of night wakings as per the book. I found I was blurry-eyed looking at the book to find these times quite often. So I found it useful having a PDF version and I can, I'm can i happy to give it to you too. But I do want to make sure that you have the book. Um, so if you could send through the receipt, that would be great. If you buy it through my affiliate link, then I get a little bit of an extra commission, which is great, but um, that's not the main thing. The main thing is I want to make sure that you have the book and therefore I'm not ripping off um, the Dream Baby Guide content by giving you some of it. So the timings do assume that the baby, your baby is on one of the Dream Baby Guide ske- schedules with a 7pm bedtime, and I'm not sure they'd be accurate if, if that's not the case for you. So there are some elevant elements of the Dream Baby Guide that I don't personally agree with and will need to research further. Firstly, she simplifies language to the detriment of grammar. And given how important modelling is, I prefer to use good grammar and respectful additions such as please and thank you, even though this makes it makes the set phrases that little bit longer and less simple. Also, Shane gives very specific recommendations on nutrition. I agree that nutrition is an important factor in sleep and Shane understands the specifics of this better than I do. However, Shane suggests that mealtimes, what and how much a child eats should be a parent-governed event. I agree that parents should govern what types of food are available and when, but I think how much children eat should be child-governed. So this is something I do intend to research but haven't yet. It's just my personal opinion at this stage. I also had great success with baby-led weaning, starting at around six months, whereas Shane recommends purees, Um, so I also intend to research this. So if you think that... The Dream Baby Guide approach would help your family. I do recommend the Dream Baby Guide book because Shane adds a lot of nuance and detail that I can't. I will reiterate, though, that the book is huge and repetitive. Um, If you do buy the book via one of my affiliate links, it will cost the same and I'll get a small commission. And in return, I'll give you a page reference guide detailing where you can read more about each strategy mentioned here, as well as a quick reference chart for assessing those night waking triggers. So just email me your receipt and I'll send the resources through. For a summary of the method in Shane's own words or more about Shane Rowley, the Australian baby whisperer, visit her site and I'll include a link on the show notes to that site. If you have any questions about the book or the recommendations, or if you've had any experience using the Dream Baby Guide recommendations, please add your comments. Um, Again, follow the link to the show notes and add your comments. Or you can also email me. I'd love to hear your experiences. My email address is nicole at practicalresearchparenting.com. So the recommendations given here, along with many other suggestions, are included in the Sleep Options Wizard for zero to five-year-olds when they seem appropriate for your child. 
The Sleep Options Wizard is now available for $10 to buy or give to a friend. But for my podcast listeners, thank you, I will give you 30% off. So just enter the coupon code PODCAST, so that's in capital letters, PODCAST, at the checkout and that you'll get that 30% discount. You can find more information about the Sleep Options Wizard at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash sleep options wizard, or one word, and that's sleep options plural because there are many options. Um, So far I've had a lot of positive feedback about the Sleep Options Wizard and if you don't get any suggestions that you haven't tried, I'll give you your money back. So I'm sorry that it's been so long between podcasts. The next one is in the works. I'll be interviewing Dr. Ashley Soderlund. Ashley is a developmental psychologist from Nurture and Thrive blog, who I have a lot of respect for. I've got to know Ashley through her blog, nurtureandthriveblog.com, which also provides evidence-based parenting advice. If you have any questions about child development that you would like me to ask Ashley, please send them to nicole at practicalresearchparenting.com or for a limited time, you can record one at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash question. Thank you.